Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. Everybody is having an unbelievable start to your week. It has been eventful. Uh, there's a lot going on. I'm excited. Uh, this week is a breakthrough week for me. It has been extremely challenging to get everything where I wanted to be, to take the business to the next level. And I'm starting to see uh, my work pay off. And so, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, Never a dull moment in business with me because I never sit back and coast. I'm always pushing myself and I push myself to get to this point. And so I'm 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 uh I'm into that right now. I'm really into that and receiving it. But I want to talk to you today. Today is transformational Tuesday. Yesterday was Money Monday, today's Transformational Tuesday. We've got tomorrow Wealth Building Wednesday, Thursday is Thank uh, Thursday is thankful Thursdays and Fridays is focus Fridays. Uh, those are the things we're going to uh, use on Monday through Friday. Uh, this is uh, going to be the consistency of every morning. And then we're going to do some other things throughout the day to make sure you have what you need to really work on self. Um, let's talk about uh, transformation. What is transformation? Transformational uh, activities are things that you purposely and intentionally engage in that will allow you to become something or someone that you are not currently, but desire to be in order to have what it is you want to have. Understand something. People talk about money all the time. Uh, the truth is, it's not the money. It's what the money provides. Money is an instrument. A lot of the things that you're going to do in life are simply means through which you get what you're really wanting. And so what we know now, if you follow me for any time, you understand that we don't get what we want in life just because we want it. We get who we are. We get what we become. If you are not capable of producing something, you won't have it. Even if some kind of way it drops in your lap, you won't be able to sustain it because there is a natural universal process that takes place that prepares you for the things that come into your life that have meaning. Now, you've heard me say this many times before. One of the problems that people don't have things that they consider to be exceptional, extraordinary things beyond what is considered average. And that's what I want to talk about in this transformational on this transformational Tuesday is getting out of the box. And one of the best ways to get out of the box is to confront your limiting beliefs. But what, what most people are, are balking on is the level of discomfort that's required to go through the transformation. See, um, You've heard me say this before, but uh, I remember watching an uh, interview with Will Smith when he was really hitting his his stride back in the late 90s after uh, doing Independence Day and a bunch of other stuff. And he was really starting to find his stride and they were interviewing him. And he said that he believed that God put everything worth having on the other side of fear and you know, I, I agree with that, but I've also added pain and discomfort to that too, because if it's just, if it's discomfort, if it's uncomfortable or it's painful, we shy away from it. Uh, we tend to completely overlook 
the benefit of what it is that we need to do because of the level of discomfort. We shy away from training and getting in shape. We shy away from learning something new because it's awkward because we don't possess the expertise in it. It is a lot of people that know more about it than we do. We like to stay in that little space where we've kind of mastered something, but it's time to move on and it's time to grow, but we don't want to do it. So we have to get past that first. But then when you get past that, there's going to be this box that is defined by most people as average or mediocre. It's where you're just there, you exist. It's a default setting. If you just move along in life, you're going to probably end up in the box of average if you have a decent work ethic. Now, if you don't have a decent work ethic and you're not careful, you could actually end up living below average because all it takes is a couple of things to really go wrong in your life and your life will shift based off of your thinking around what has happened and you will adapt to a lackadaisical approach to life or a fearful approach to life or a conquered approach to life and you won't even be average. But let's just talk about the people in the average box because there's this idea that being average is okay. And you know where it starts? It starts early in life. Why? Because it makes it easier for the ones who are controlling things to have a bunch of people who are okay with average because they're never a threat. People who are average are never going to be a threat to the people who are functioning from a place of power and elitism. And so, hey, there people who are average are going to be happy getting average things. We give you what the average person makes or slightly above what the average person makes and you're happy. You feel like you are where you're supposed to be. The problem is nobody in this world was designed to be average. That shouldn't be. That should be this thing where everybody is excelling and competing against their potential to be the best they can possibly be. But if we're talking about transforming and we're talking about limiting beliefs, how do we get this average box? The average box is this uh, invisible barrier created by the beliefs that we hold about ourselves and our lives. We start with our self-image and that starts early. We start to develop an image of who we are and an idea of who we are in this world. And we are going to determine based on this self-image where we fit in this world. And now if we're not careful and we have the wrong people as label givers and we're told we're not that smart, we're told we're uh, decent. We, we're told we're average. You're about average looking. You're about average. If you hear that word a lot growing up, you'll start to identify with being average. You'll start identifying. And then you'll go to school and they'll tell you, hey, you can be successful with a C. That's average. You can get by. Nobody's going to, you know, nobody wants a C. Uh, if you're really striving, but there are a lot of places where you can get a C and nobody's mad at you, including parents. Uh, uh, in my house, a C was an F. So I had to strive. You know, it was like, we know you're capable, so we're not accepting anything less. And then that got into my head. And I would say somewhere along fifth or sixth grade, definitely by the time I reached middle school, nobody had to demand anything from me as for my grades. I was going and getting it. You know, up until that point, it was like, I'm getting it because I have to. And then there was something that clicked in me and says, I want more. I want it all. I don't want to be average. And so that started with me in every in every area. 
uh, of what I was doing at the time. But let, let's talk about the limiting belief thing, because that's where the transformation starts. You're in this box because you have these beliefs. You have this belief that this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. You, you can't do this because only certain type of people do that. You can't do this because you came from this particular background. You can't do this because racism isn't going to let you do it. You can't do this because uh, nobody in my family has ever done that. My family comes from this particular, and this is what we've always done. Nobody's done that. Nobody's done that. And then you start to get these beliefs that you hold. A lot of the beliefs that you hold that have you in the box of average, this invisible barrier is stuff that you picked up as a child, stuff that you picked up early in life that you accepted as being real and true. And now your brain and your mind on a subconscious level is governing your movement. Nobody moves with true vigor towards something they don't believe they can have. Nobody moves with true vigor towards something they don't believe is possible. So if you don't believe it's possible, even if you see the opportunity, even if you engage the opportunity, you say, I'm just going to try it. It's almost like playing a lot. I don't think I'm going to win, but I'm going to play it. So you go out there, but you're not really invested in it. So what happens, there's this, this, this cycle that happens because I'm, because I don't believe it's possible. Even when the opportunity presents itself, I may lackadaisically or casually engage it. Now I casually engage this thing, right? But I'm not giving it effort. I'm not going hard in the paint for it. I'm not pushing it. I'm not saying I'm leaving it all on the field. I'm just going through the motions because I said I would. Okay. Then this is what happens. You give poor energy and effort. When you give poor energy and effort, you get poor results. Your poor results then reinforce your original belief that, see, I told you that stuff wasn't going to work. Your brain doesn't go back and say, well, you half-assed did it. You just sit up and you go, oh, I did it. I tried. It didn't work. Or I did, I tried, and it ain't it ain't what everybody else says it is. And so I'm done with it. And then you don't go back. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to find a way to ask yourself. There are limiting beliefs about money. There's limiting beliefs about what you can do with your mind. There's limiting beliefs about starting businesses. There's limiting, limiting beliefs about how far you can go in the academic process. There are limiting beliefs that are governing people every day that have them trapped in this box of average. And what you've got to do is you've got to start addressing each limiting belief that you look at and say, this thing right here that I'm dealing with is the reason why I haven't tried because I don't believe I can. The truth is, can't. I'm going to share something. I thank God for the people who came along in my life at the times they did that planted seeds in me that I still cultivate. And one of them, I had unbelievable uh, blessings in, in high school. I had several teachers and a bunch of coaches that just really stayed on me. But I had two: my journalism teacher and my uh, 11th grade, grade English teacher uh, stayed on me. My journalism teacher just stayed on me, on me, on me, on me about being the best I could be, not just in writing, but in everything I do and how I express myself. My English teacher, the same way. And, but one thing my English teacher told me, I think, and this is my English teacher, both my journalism and English teachers had me almost my whole year, whole time in high school, even though I wasn't in my 11th grade English teacher's task, she, she kept up with me. She came across me when I was a freshman and she kept up with me. So, uh, 
she pulls me to the side one day. She sees me hanging out with one of my buddies from, from the hood, from, you know, from the community. Uh, and she says, what you doing hanging out with him? I said, that's my, that's my boy. That's my friend. She says, you need to stop hanging around him. Association brings about assimilation. You will become a part of what he is. He's going to impact you. But that's not the only thing she told me. Association brings about assimilation, which is important. You're average because you're hanging around average people. That's, that's something that you also have to realize. You're going to have to change your circle. You're going to have to get around people who, by their very presence, challenges you to do something different. By their very words, encourages you to do something different. But this is what else she told me. She said, look, you you got to protect yourself. You got to protect your value. Let me, let me explain something to you, son. She says, the word can't would never apply to you. Don't ever accept it. I don't care how daunting the task. Never accept the word can't. Don't erase it from your vocabulary. I took it literally. I mean, like, man. And but what happens is I grew up in the world like everybody else. There's a bunch of things you can't do. I start picking them apart. I start. And here's the thing that you do. This is the first thing you do when you have a limiting belief. Go back and revisit and ask yourself, is it true? Is it really true? Is it something that someone put in front of me and I accept it? The only limits you have are the ones you accept. And you say, come on, man, there are plenty of things that just simply is physically impossible. Is it? Is it really? Because I can go back and look in history and read where they said it was physically impossible for men to create a machine that would fly through the air like birds. They told Arvel and Wilbur Wright they were absolutely absurd and ridiculous. And then we all then all of a sudden we discovered the law of aerodynamics and understood that it was possible. And they did something that was considered impossible. Everything that you're looking at now is a technological advancement and you consider to be just a regular part of your life today was once considered impossible. The more we learn about subatomic matter, mind and consciousness, we start to realize that everything isn't what it appeared to be and that there are some things that your mind can do that are beyond exceptional and extraordinary. God created you in his image, meaning he made you a creator, meaning that you can literally use your mind to create things that do not exist. But you first have to get out of your own way. You have to remove the barrier. So you ask yourself, is it really true? And, the tr and what you're going to find out is with those limiting beliefs, you're going to find out that they're not true. They're constructs. They're ideas that made sense to certain people and they gave it to you in a way that framed your thinking. So because you think that way, it makes sense to you that it doesn't work. Well, that's why you've got to start moving laterally and you got to give yourself permission to get out of the box. And the first thing you got to do is replace that limiting belief with a belief I can I came from poverty. There's no way that I can do this uh, because this, you know, this is for people who have people who can set them up. You know, you got to be connected to get. No, you replace that limiting belief that says if I'm not connected, I can't I can't experience success at a certain level and say and say there's absolutely nothing that I cannot do in this world. If my mind can conceive it, then that's God's evidence that it's possible. And you keep saying it until the mind starts to believe it. And then the mind will actually, after a certain point of repeating it to yourself, the mind will start to look for confirmation of it instead of confirmation of the limiting belief. Now, what happens is the moment you create a new idea in your mind, you create what's called a neuro synaptic uh, connection. That means that there are neurons that are now created to hold that idea. It's a memory, but it's new. So what do you have to do? You have to revisit it and you strengthen it.
Now, the more you strengthen the liberating belief, you can't entertain two opposing beliefs at the same time. So the moment that you start to engage the new belief that it's possible and, and, and you're going to name all the ways that it's possible, why you can do it. And that's the only thing you're focusing on. Stop focusing on the problem. Start focusing on the solution. There's a big thing that we, we really need to learn in, in this is that you're stressed out because you're focusing on the problem. You're overwhelmed because you're focusing on the problem. Let me tell you something. How many times have you heard me say whatever you focus on, you feel? Whatever you give your focus to, you give energy to. You give your energy to, you expend that energy. You're expending your energy on something that has no way of providing a solution. It's the problem. You don't focus on the problem. You focus on the solution. By focusing on the solution, you automatically eliminate the problem when you discover and you work the solution. It's, it's that way with everything. Same thing with the limiting belief. If I don't give attention to the limiting belief and I entertain an opposing belief by, by, by the very nature of how we are designed to maintain our sanity, I will give my energy and effort to what I'm entertaining. So now my energy is focused on what can be done. And now I'm now, look, once I say it can be done, now my subconscious mind, because here's the thing, there's this uh, interpreting phone, a, a, a bundle of nerves that sits at the base of the spine called the reticular activating system. And what it does is it allows um, the conscious mind to dictate to the subconscious mind what's important so that the subconscious mind and its scanning of all of the data that it scans per second can identify the things that you really need to have. Let, so let me let me let, 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 let me let me help you out a little bit. The conscious mind, okay, when you're in a state of beta, the conscious mind has the capacity to process in roughly around 2,000 bits of information or data per second. Not bad. The brain is a beast. The mind is a beast. It can do some crazy things, but that, 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 that's nothing. That's roughly about 4% of what you do in a day is what it's capable of controlling. Your conscious mind literally only controls about 4% to 5% tops of what you do every day. Guess what controls the rest? Subconscious. It has the ability to process 4 billion, four billion bits of information per second. Now, here's the problem. Most of that stuff you don't realize is being processed. The subconscious picks up that. The subconscious and its ability to process that much information is the reason why vision boards are so important. Why? Because you don't have to be looking at it. The subconscious is picking it up. Your subconscious hears every song. That's why what, what music you pay attention or you have playing in the background matters. Why? Because while you are focused on something, your conscious may not be aware of what's playing in the background. It, it may know music is back there, but it's focused on the task. It can focus on one thing at a time. The subconscious can pick up and scan everything and process it. So it knows what's going on. It hears, it knows, and it's picking it up. It knows it on a conscious level. You are not aware of it. But the problem is 96% of what you will do in this world is controlled by your what? Your subconscious. And so in, in, if you were to make this analogous to, to scripture, uh, 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 to scripture, you would say the heart and the mind. Well, the heart and the mind are both part of the mind. The mind or the noose in 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 uh in in in, in uh in Greek means it, it, it's on the subconscious what's known. But then you have uh gnosis, knowledge, epignosis, deeper knowledge, 
and what 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 underneath what's underneath what's on top and what's underneath and so what am i trying to get i'm trying to tell you that the vast majority of it is so you have the, the uh excuse me the mind and the heart so it always tells you guard your heart and mind guard your heart and mind you see it everywhere it's a constant thought the second most prevalent theme in the bible outside of knowing the word of god and being aware of the word of god is guarding your heart and mind it's a conscious parade of suggestions about what you think and it's because that that on the surface and underneath is the controlling of your life you have to be able to manage that so you have the conscious on the top the subconscious on the bottom the cardia as it's called in Greek, is the heart. It's not talking about the physiological heart. It's talking about the heart of the soul, the seat of the soul. Well, we now know that to be the subconscious. That controls 96% of your behavior. So how do you how do you tell that subconscious what to focus on? You Through the reticular activating system, you sit up and focus on it. Have you ever went out and bought a car, bought a shirt, or bought something and really hadn't paid attention before that? And you feel like, man, I, I got this cool thing. Do you go out? And all of a sudden, everybody's driving your car or everybody's got that shirt on. It's not that everybody went out and bought the shirt after you bought yours or went out and bought the car after yours. Those, they were always there. But the moment that you spent money on it, you sent a message through the reticular activating system uh, to your subconscious that that was important to you. So now it's in the forefront and all of a sudden the subconscious starts to find it for you. Look at that. That is, that is, that is. Well, the same thing happens when you stop thinking negative thoughts about what's going on in your life and you start thinking positive thoughts. When you stop saying I can and start saying I can, guess what happens? The reticular activator system says he's no longer looking for what's wrong. He's looking for the answer. So now the subconscious is saying, okay, I can. Let me find the reasons I can. Let me find the way I can. Let me find. And so now it's picking up on it. Not only is it is it observing the physical stimuli that can be seen and heard, it's also emitting an energy that is more positive, that's more elevated on the hurt scale, that now will also attract positive things to you. So now people who may have the answer to your solution will be drawn to you because now the energy you are emitting is 500 hertz or high. Okay, so we start out with saying, I can't. The first thing you ask yourself with every limiting belief that's stopping you from doing something that you want to do in your life is, is it really true? And it's hard because a lot of us grew up and a lot of these beliefs came to us by way of our parents and our grandparents. And you don't do this and you don't do that and you can't do this. You never do that. And if you do this, this is going to happen and all these different things. And you're starting to find out that if I explore beyond what I was told, I'm not going to fall off a cliff. I'm not going to uh, go into the abyss that there's a world out there. And while I may stumble and fall and scrape my knee and maybe even bump my head, there's something to be had beyond these barriers that I've been put in. And so it's my responsibility to climb out of these barriers and move in a direction that I feel that I can be fulfilled in, that there's something on the inside of me that's yearning to be expressed. There's something on the inside of me that's yearning for fulfillment, and I'm not getting in it staying inside of the box. So I'm going to confront the limiting beliefs that have me anchored in this invisible box or this construct of ideas and beliefs. Because the moment I say it's possible, do you, the whole crab in the barrel uh, 
uh, analogy about how people are. Well, do you realize that when you start to climb out of a box or you get ready to ascend to something a little bit higher than what everybody else is doing, that there are those who are going to applaud you, but there are going to be some of those who will immediately start to tell you why you can't do it. They will immediately start to remind you of your past. They will immediately start to remind you of the rules. The rules are you don't get out of the box. The rules are you can't do that. The rules are only other people can do that. All these rules, they'll start to remind you. And you're starting to wonder, why aren't they happy for me? Why are they so offended by my desire to change my life? It's because you've been in that box of average with them for so long and you've all shared your reasons why you can't get out of the box. I can't get out of the box because I'd never had a father. I can't get out of the box because I grew up in poverty. I can't get out of the box because I had a single parent mother. I can't get out of the box. And you've kept telling one another all of your reasons. And now you all have become content with the fact that the box is where you belong. And all of a sudden, here comes this one person who decides that they no longer want to be in the box. So they decide to explore the possibilities of what's on the outside of the box. And they're willing, they're willing to confront that fear that Will Smith was talking about because they have now become convinced that everything on the other side of everything that they want that has any real true meaning is going to be on the other side of fear, on the other side of the walls of this box. I'm climbing out of it. Here's the problem. The moment you start climbing out, you start exposing their mediocrity. The moment you start climbing out, you start exposing their excuses. The moment you start climbing out, you start exposing exactly what the truth really is and that you're not trying hard enough, that you haven't shaken off the barriers and the shackles of what you once held and understood that that's something greater for you. You are now a representation of what they can do and they either have two choices now. They can follow you out of the box and they're going to have to admit that they have not been doing what they can do. They're going to have to admit their mediocrity in a way that makes them uncomfortable. So it's easier for them to pull you back in the box and tell you and demand for you to sit still. That's why there are going to be a bunch of people around you that you want to celebrate with you that just can't be happy for you because it is offensive to them because now you have exposed the true excuses and, and, and mediocrity in their lives because you come from the same challenges. You have the same barriers. You have all the other things that they have working against them, working against you, and you still got it done. This isn't about a life of ease. This is about a life of reward, but you're going to have to make up in your mind that you're going to do something. And the first thing you've got to do is get rid of those limiting beliefs. Take the word can out of your vocabulary. Uh, I've heard this particular quote ascribed to everybody from uh, Confucius to uh, uh, Plato uh, to to Henry Ford, but I can tell you uh, it's true. And, and, and the quote is simply that he who believes he can and he who believes he can't are usually both right. He who believes he can and he who believes he can't are usually both right. So what are you believing about your life? What beliefs are you holding? Are you holding beliefs that are locking you in? Are you holding beliefs that are holding you back? Are you holding beliefs that are stopping you from being everything that you're capable of being? 
then you need to confront those beliefs because I can guarantee you that if you really confront those beliefs and you ask that question, the first thing you do with a limiting belief is ask that simple question, is it true? Then you sit up and you say, now here's the thing about lateral thinking. And I'm going to get more into that next next week on, in trans, uh, on Transformational Tuesday. Here's the thing. In those few times that you ask yourself about a limiting belief, and let's say it's true, this is where lateral thinking come in. But because that belief is true, does it mean that I can't have what I say I want? Absolutely not. What it means is you're going to have to think about doing it a different way, that that's not the only way that it can get done. We get pigeonholed so much into if I can't do it this way, then it can't be done. That's how they've always done it. That's the way they say that you have to do it. It's got to be done this way. If it can't be done this way, then it's just not meant for you. No, you may be the person that creates a new way, a better way, a, 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 a more lasting way, whatever. You never sit up and allow yourself to be squeezed in that box. You get out of the box, you let the limiting beliefs go, but you also learn how to think laterally, thinking outside of the box. That's where that term comes from. It's lateral thought. It means that I am not going to stay straight lined in my thinking all the time. I'm going to be able to think critically when necessary, using the information around me and being very aware of all the details. But there are going to be times where I'm going to have to challenge the status quo and get outside of the box to get the job done. What am I getting at here? You're not stuck. You're in a stagnant position because you've allowed beliefs to anchor you where you are. It's time to step from behind those limiting beliefs. You need to start questioning those limiting beliefs. About six years ago, I created a course called Crushing Limiting Beliefs. Uh, I had it licensed to a, 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 an educational institution. Uh, that used it for five years, uh, did well with it. When the license expired, I didn't renew the license. I took it and I've been offering it to people. And now uh, at a fraction of what they sold it for, which was four grand, I'm offering it to you. It's in the description box. For a limited time, I'm offering it to you for 397. That's 15 modules, five hours, no, three and a half hours of lectures from me on crushing limiting beliefs. 15 models created specifically to symptomatic, uh, systematically run you through the process of eliminating limiting beliefs. When you finish, contact me. We're going to go over it and I'm going to make sure that the process has been anchored in and set. That's the promise I'm giving to you, that you will experience a transformation. Also, I'm going to throw in Breaking the Curse of Procrastination, which is a $1,500 course. I want you to change. I want you to grow. I want you to go on this journey with me. I'm, I'm going after something. I am never content with where I'm, I'm never going to be satisfied because if I'm alive, I'm supposed to be growing. If I'm alive, I'm supposed to be expanding my impact. If I'm alive, I'm supposed to be growing, getting better. And so I'm never going to be satisfied. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you to come on this journey. Let's go. Let's make this next couple of years the best years we've ever experienced in our lives. And for me, that's extraordinary. But I know it's possible. 
I know that there's something better than I've ever experienced before. And it's within my grasp, but I have to be willing to go on the other side of fear, on the other side of pain, on the other side of discomfort. And I've got to be willing to go get it. I'm willing. Come ride with me. But on that note, that's Transformational Tuesday, as I always say. For those for those who are going to join, the link is in the box if you want to take advantage of that course. Look, as I always say, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on E. My challenge to you is to do the same thing. Don't leave anything out there. Don't do it. That's my challenge. On that note, I'm out of here. You guys have an unbelievable day. And hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you a little later about something else. But I wanted to bless you with that. See you tomorrow for Wealth Building Wednesday.